0: Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's Friday, which means lead producer Emily Means is joining me to round up the news this week in our darling city. And at the end of it all, we have a big announcement. It's Friday, August 19th, 2022. I'm Allie Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, Emily Means. Hey, Ali Vallarta. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I got, I'm going to tell you, I got an Invisalign this week and I'm going to try and record this show with it in, but you tell me if <laughs> things get too. Dare I say it. Saucy. (laughs) Saucy? Oh my God, you're going to have the most beautiful pearly whites at the end of all this. I'm so excited. (laughs) Shireen Gorbani told me that my teeth are already straight enough and when this thing comes out, I'm going to look like a robot. (laughs) Or like a Ken doll or something where your teeth are just painted on. (laughs) Ryan Gosling in the Barbie movie, that's me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyways,
0: if if I pop it out in the middle of this recording to anyone listening, um, we'll cut that part out so you don't have to hear the saliva leaving my mouth, but... Let's get into the news of the week with starting with something that is really in my wheelhouse because it's a very parks and recreation moment in Salt Lake City, which is that on Tuesday, the Salt Lake City Council voted unanimously, which I feel like they do a lot lately. They seem very unanimous. They're putting an $85 million parks bond on the ballot. Every Salt Lake City resident will be voting on this in November. The funding basically will just pay for things at our parks, like upgrading parks. Um, $27 million of it is going to go towards the Glendale Regional Park, which is basically aka Raging Waters, the very cool community water park in Glendale that is being reworked. And it's been kind of a controversial project, of course, because when your neighborhood's being gentrified and then your community park changes, that's really painful for a lot of people. Um, But there is hope that the redesign will have a ton of community input. Um, So yeah, the bond would be paid off through an increase in property taxes, which as a renter is like pretty foreign to me, but I imagine means my rent will go up too. For some people,
1: that can be really painful in their budget. So um, that's what the trade-off is. But on the other hand, um, it's important for us to maintain our community assets um, so that, you know, generations from now, we're not stuck paying big, big bucks
0: uh, to completely revamp a, a park. Completely. And there's another bond that is not going to be on the ballot. Um, This was a sales tax revenue increase, and that's um, $67.5 million. And I will just quickly say one of the things about that that I'm into is that – It is gonna cover improvements to city facilities and historic spaces, which includes the Fisher Mansion, which is a real treasure, I think, in Salt Lake. And then also Warm Springs, which if you're not familiar with Warm Springs, it's basically was a vibrant, cool community hot springs. That's a natural hot springs, so the hot springs is still there, but it's kind of just like bubbling around in a parking lot these days. And there are a lot of folks that would like to see it brought back to life. And so a little bit of investment might make that dream come true, but I'm not sure if that's exactly what this is going to mean. But I liked seeing I liked seeing Warm Springs written in there.
1: Right. I mean, we we show what we care about by what's in our budget, by the line items in our budget. Right. So if we care about green space, if we care about, you know, historic uh, locations throughout the
0: city, cost money to to keep it up. Right. Speaking of we show what we care about by spending money on it, we got a tiny home this week.
1: We got a tiny home. We got one tiny home. Uh, Salt Lake City and the Other Side Village unveiled the first tiny home uh, as part of a community of tiny homes how many times have we said tiny homes they're small. They're, quite <laughs> they're small they're quite small 280 square feet and um this is part of a project uh that's a partnership between salt lake city and the other side academy uh, and it's it's essentially pitched as one solution to chronic homelessness so um this is actually something that has taken little while to get off the ground. Um, there are definitely some hurdles along the way. Uh, this property where the tiny home village is uh, is likely going to be built is adjacent to a former landfill. So there have been concerns about the the soil quality there. Um, but on top of that, you know, it's it's just taken a while to to get this thing moving. Um, also, because people on the west side where this is being proposed are really concerned about how it could impact their neighborhood. So, um, there, I think there's still a long way to go until we see this tiny home village up and running.
0: Yeah, and I think and I think westsiders are like, look, we understand community. We understand that we need to like carve out space to house people in this city it would just be nice if we had a conversation about where to put new development instead of just like from the get-go we're gonna plop this over on the west side right um and it's been so interesting to like follow the conversation around the tiny home village because I feel like usually with these kinds of like proposals it's the opinions that people have are pretty, like people are in pretty clear camps. And um, that doesn't seem to be the case um with this. Like there are activists, there are housing activists that like it and don't like it. There are legislators that like it and don't like it. Like at every level of this of city governance um, or city community, like people have kind of controversial takes on the the tiny home village. The ones I've heard most clearly spelled out are, in opposition is the location sucks. It's so far away. I mean the village is supposed to have wraparound services but it is gonna be far away from existing services Mm -hmm. like the churches, the soup kitchens, the like community centers that are downtown. Um, It's expensive. It's, It's expensive to heat a bunch of tiny homes as opposed to like a unit. And then also like it's slow going. And now we're looking at this first home that was built this week. We're told we're supposed to have 60 We know there are more than 60 people in this city that need housing urgently. And so this feels like a long-term, I would say, don't at me, sexy solution to an urgent, critical problem.
1: I really appreciate that framing, Allie. (laughs) Um, Well, to be clear, the, the 60 homes, that's the first phase of this project. In total, there will be more than 400 units or at least that's what's planned. The The other side, Academy, really has a grand vision for this as a community space. So we're also talking like an amphitheater and a market and all of this and really integrating it into the community in that way. Um, one of the interesting things to me is that, like other types of permanent supportive housing, um, that... They- they'll have to pay rent for this. So the target audience is people who are chronically homeless, um, which means they've been homeless for at least a year and they have like a qualifying disability. Um, so I'm really curious how they expect folks to pay rent. And surely there will be like some sort of sliding scale. But, you know, I think that will be a barrier for some folks.
0: I'm of two minds, but let's move on.
1: We can talk about <laughs> um, this later.
0: <laughs> we could talk about this later. Let's talk about this next week. Uh, Emily Means, are you a lawyer?
1: (laughs) I am not a lawyer. Full disclosure. (laughs) Me
0: either. either. Let's talk about some legal stuff in like the most basic possible terms. Perfect. Um, I will start. So big news this week. Judge Jill Pullman was unanimously confirmed by the Utah State Senate to... um, the utah supreme court this now means that utah's supreme court is majority women majority femme um we'll see what that means i don't know i feel like we're living in an era where it's like okay the court's girl bossing what does that actually mean because we're they're about to hear a ton of high profile cases that are gonna have deep 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 impacts on like the bodily autonomy of children and adults. They're going to hear transgender student rights. They're going to hear abortion. They're going to hear gerrymandering. Like, how meaningful is this gender shift? I think it depends on who you ask. Yeah. The shift in the court recently that's most interesting to me is Um, The departure of Justice Thomas Lee, of course, uh, bro to Senator Mike Lee because he was the person who sort of had the court on on more of a right wing path. And with his departure, the appointment of Judge Pullman, like all of this movement that's happening at the state, some experts that I've talked to believe that this means the court is turning a little bit more moderate. And so that could be deeply impactful as well as they hear some of these high-profile cases. But Well, I just thought it was interesting reading, um, I think
1: it was the Tribune's story about her confirmation. And Judge Pullman, now Justice Pullman, had mentioned that she was really concerned about the politicization of the U.S. Supreme Court and courts generally, and that she worried people would stop trusting the courts. Um But, you know, listen, as we said, uh, I'm not a not a not a scholar on this topic, um, but I have a hard time understanding how your political beliefs don't color the way you interpret the law or the the Constitution, you know, as it were. How do you I mean, it's it's. It's kind of the same with uh, journalists, right? I mean, if we're just being honest, <laughs> we are people. Uh, believe it or not, uh, these these Supreme Court justices are people, too, and their upbringing and their political beliefs um, certainly change the way they they view these things. So um, I don't know. Maybe I stepped into something there and I shouldn't have. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> Let's move
0: Let's on. Let's move on. And also, let's never move on and keep talking about this forever. Um, I will say, like, related to the Supreme Court, something else interesting that you pointed out to me this week is that, of course, HB 11, the bill that restricts transgender girls from playing on school sports teams that align with their gender identity, is being argued in the courts. Um, And... The representing each side in that case are former Utah State Supreme Court justices. So representing the students who are suing the state saying, hey, this is this sincerely infringes on my rights um, are two former U.S. uh, Sorry, former Utah Supreme Court justices and representing the state is former Utah Supreme Court Justice Thomas Lee. So you've got three former justices that are going to be arguing this extremely high-profile case before their former and new, I guess, colleagues. So that feels like a family affair um, and will be interesting to watch how it plays out. But I'm assuming that it's smart to bring in heavy hitters if you're fighting a huge case.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a big case, and this is something that the state— well, the legislature cares a lot about. Um, so yeah, that will be, that will be one where we've got not to, not to trivialize this matter. It's very serious, but like, that's the one where I'm going to be on the edge of my seat, you know, with these arguments. So, um, Allie, you mentioned the, the ban on trans student athletes, um, little update there. Uh, the the legislature's interim education committee actually discussed this legislation that's at play related to HB 11. And just to be clear, this ban is very specific. It's about trans girls competing in girls sports. Um, so, like you said, that's still being litigated. And at the time we're discussing this, a judge hasn't yet come down on whether to... Um, pause the the implementation of the ban um but one thing that was wild to me in this committee hearing this week is that uh the utah high school student athletics association something like that i think i got the acronym wrong but um they mentioned that a school had already like investigated um whether a student was a girl because This student had beat two other students and their parents were concerned that they had beat them by such a wide margin that maybe they weren't a girl. So the thing that everyone is worried would happen is happening. And like the the school went and investigated this student like all the way back to kindergarten to determine if she was a girl or not. And I don't know, man, like that's... That seems like a, a huge invasion of privacy to me. Um, I don't know.
0: It doesn't feel very good. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is When I Come Alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. No, it doesn't feel good at all. Um, we're in hell, so just a quick reminder. Um, and it's it's also just like, you know, sitting with these pieces of news this week on the one hand, right? Like we're celebrating in the news that we have this all-woman Supreme Court and isn't that fabulous? And then in our community schools, when young women win, they are questioned the to the very core of their physical body their physical self whether or not they deserve it whether or not it was fair yeah I have like some kind of good news tell me before we go into our final segment um so Salt Lake County um District Attorney Sim Gill piloted this program, his office piloted this program to basically see if they could just be deferring as many minor cases as possible from going to court. So we're talking like misdemeanors, we're talking nonviolent cases, people that have not previously entered the criminal justice system. Like the objective was to see how many of those they could keep out of courtrooms. And I think you could make a lot of cases for why that's a good thing. One is keeping people out of the criminal justice system or the criminal injustice system, depending on who you ask, is a good thing. And two, it's like expensive to prosecute people. Like it's we as taxpayers are spending a lot of money every time we're coming down hard on someone for a nonviolent crime. Um, so the Salt Lake Tribune reported originally this, um, I just have to give a shout out to whatever editor wrote this headline. Um, the Salt Lake Tribune originally reported that this program was being launched, uh, in July of 2019 with the headline, are you going to commit a minor crime in Salt Lake County? You might not even have to go to court under a new program, which like (laughs) is so. God God bless our copy editors and headline writers. unhinged headline i love it um but we got uh some data in the salt lake tribune this week that the program's working and hundreds of salt lakers have been kept out of the criminal justice system and to that i say hoorah okay that's enough that's enough news we're gonna
1: week, wash our hands of the news of the week we're gonna wash our hands because we've got some really good news on our team
0: Yes, we have an exciting update for you, which is that we have a new audio producer on our team. She is here behind door number one. (laughs) She's on the phone. Ivana Martinez, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake.
1: Hi, Ivana. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to our news roundup. This is so
2: exciting. Hi. I'm so happy to be
0: here. We are beyond thrilled that you have joined the CityCast Salt Lake team. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: I've lived here my entire life, so I am a a full Utah girl. Lived all over um, Utah, really. I've lived in Salt Lake, West Valley. Utah County, which I spent my formative teen years, and for the last little while, I was working as a journalist for KUER, our public radio station here in, in Utah. Now I'm very excited to be joining on as the audio producer for CityCast Salt Lake.
0: We're excited to have you. You're bringing Gen Z energy to our team. You have already discussed with me plans for a TikTok video next week, so I feel like everyone should know that that is about to come at you. <laughs> You are a brilliant and talented reporter. I think you love this place as much as we do. And we're so excited to have you on this team and to be exploring all the corners of the city with you for the foreseeable future.
2: I adore the city and I'm so excited. I, Like you said, I care deeply about this community. I spent the last couple of years reporting on Salt Lake City and some of the issues that's impacted this city that I care about, like affordable housing and homelessness, some of the topics that you guys have talked about in your news roundup. Um, so I'm just so excited to dive in and get going.
0: Let's do our final segment of the Friday Roundup. What are you doing this weekend? Ivana, you are a guest of honor please start. What is on your agenda this weekend?
2: All right. Well, I think I'm going to go to dinner with a friend on Friday and then hit the bars, hit those open streets in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm.
1: Ooh. And
2: then go to the farmer's market the next day, have a very fun little Sunday, Saturday morning, and maybe go to brunch and then cut my mom's birthday cake. So.
0: Okay. That's a fun filled weekend. Yeah. If you're going to brunch in Salt Lake, where are you going? What's your fave spot?
2: You know, I like trying different restaurants. Um, I am kind of biased of going to the park cafe just because it's near Liberty. And, you know, you can do a walk while you wait for those, you know, morning rush hour times. But
0: you could do a three hour walk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong about that. Do do five laps around the park
0: while Uh you wait for a table. Bon appetit. maybe we'll see you at Liberty Park (laughs) Emily what are you up to this
1: weekend okay well I know I mentioned last week that I am not an outside girl but guess what (laughs) (laughs) I'm going outside everyone So, this is huge. This is a huge breakthrough for me. Um, although I did hear it's going to rain this weekend, so maybe this isn't a great time for me to <laughs> go explore nature. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just really feeling called to the mountains for a little hike. Okay. What do you think? Am I a new woman?
0: <laughs> I, I mean... I think you might be. Where are you gonna go?
1: I don't know. I don't know. It needs to be nearby. Um, yeah, and it needs to be short. Okay. <laughs> like I'm a really good walker, but I just <laughs> I just can't commit to
0: like a like a four- hour hike. Can I make a recommendation? I recommend that you go up Emigration Canyon and when the road forks at the top, instead of going right towards like the reservoir, You go left and there's a trailhead up that road on the left. And it's one of my favorite secret spots in Salt Lake. And it is flat and glorious and it opens up. It's called Miners. It opens up in this like pasture that's a very sound of music moment. Love that. Um, And I think it's a great, I think it would be a great trail for you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for sharing your favorite secret hike with us. That's really
0: big. The mountains are calling and she must go. She must go. (laughs) Allie, what are you doing this weekend? Are you going out into nature? I'm actually not. So we're having inverse weekends. It's going to rain this weekend. It is going to cool us off after a week where we broke Multiple records for uh, consecutive 100-degree temps out at the airport, which is torture. Um, So if it's going to rain, you know I'm going to the movies. I love going to the movies. That's all I ever want to do. I want to go see that new A24 movie, Bodies, Bodies. I am a scaredy cat. I cannot watch scary movies. But I will brave my fears because Lee Pace is in it. And um, so that's what I'm going to do. But here's my little like trick that I will share. If you go to ARUP to donate blood on a Friday or a Saturday, they have a location right up at the U. You can walk right in. Um, of course, there are restrictions on who can donate, which I don't like. But if you can donate, I would encourage you to. Um, it takes 15 minutes. It's painless. If you donate blood on a Friday or a Saturday, they will give you a free $10 gift card to the Larry Miller Megaplex so you can see a free movie after you do that wow. and do a good deed for the weekend. What a and deal. That is what I'm going to do. And I think that that's like a real Salt Lake hack. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's yeah. a pro tip. Uh, the one last thing I do want to share is, of course, we are preparing for next week's Wednesday episode where we will highlight the best of something in Salt Lake City. And we're going to be highlighting the best boba tea according to one boba enthusiast. If you are a boba enthusiast, if there's a place that you think has really good tapioca, what else makes makes a good boba tea, you guys?
2: The flavor. The texture. The flavor. Um, Oh, the texture. Whether
1: the straw is big enough to get the boba up. (gasps) Yeah, such
0: a good point. Yeah, who has the biggest straws? Please call us and let us know. (laughs) 801-203-0137. You can leave a voicemail. You can text that number. We will very likely play it on the show. Um, And that's it for us this week. We're out of here. That's enough. Have a good weekend. Thank you both. Ivana, welcome. Emily, good luck out there in nature this weekend. And to our listeners... Take good care. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producers are Ivana Martinez. And for one more week, the inimitable Diane Magipinto. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the fabulous Mitochondria. You can catch them in Salt Lake performing all over the place. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Bye. Have a great weekend.